either way. Okay, in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. My name is Josh Young, and I'm the comedian portion, one of the co-hosts. And I'm Lucas Ng, the other actor portion of this podcast. Yes, he is. And the two of us are just creatives, you know, starting out uh, in the industry, trying to make it. And uh, we thought it might be interesting since we started a few years ago, uh, still relatively new, uh, to do this podcast and, you know, share our experiences, ups and downs about the process of making it and ask each other that question. Have you made it yet? So, Lucas, have you made it yet? Some, sometimes I always think you're not going to ask me that question for some reason. I'm always still surprised by it. Um, <laughs> no, I have not made it yet, but uh, I have my like first in-person audition where I have to do a skill um, mm. on Monday and I have to like perform and um, I'm kind of nervous, man. It feels like I'm at, like at my old timey piano recitals that I used to like fear as a kid. Mm. Um, but no, this should be fun. Uh but have I made it in the in the general sense? Not at all, man. I started a new job and everything like that, and you know, part of the making it process is making money. So that's it feels true. Good to be, it feels good to be making some money. <laughs> that's true. Wait, then what kind of skill? What, what skill do you have to do in the in the audition? I, I, well, I got to play the piano. Oh, it, it's actually playing the piano. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I have to like practice a piece and everything like that. So I'm actually kind of nervous about this one. Usually, I'm not, but like, ugh. Anyways, yeah. we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Well, I mean, if Ryan Gosling was able to play and learn piano for um, uh, La La Land without any previous uh, experience, um, then hey, I have full, I have full faith in you, especially because you you did some piano. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That uh-huh. yeah. nah, should be good. Should be good. Nice, but uh, yeah, Mr. Josh Young. That's true. Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. Um, and, you know, still looking for shows, doing shows in Toronto. But uh, some s- exciting news in the future. I am yeah. going back to Vancouver for about a month in August. So maybe we'll be finally be able to do our first live podcast where it's just the two of us actually together <laughs> in a room since the first time we released our first five episodes in tw- like 2020 before the pandemic. Wow. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be it'll be a cool experience just to in in Lucas's apartment in Vancouver. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, also looking to try and find some shows uh, to do in Vancouver as well. So have not made it yet, but uh, you know, going back home for a bit. Uh, all right, Lucas, I'm very excited for our next guest. Uh, I, me. I just met him uh, a couple nice. months ago, actually through. Uh, hanging out with another alumni of the podcast, uh, RC. Uh, right. We were out and uh, yeah, it was just actually, we were hanging out just outside um, the Labyrinth Bar and it's actually a really uh, um, popular spot for shows, comedy shows mm-hmm. in Toronto. Pretty new. I think it just started out uh, earlier this year. Uh, it's called The Lab. And uh, yeah, Cliff that night was a uh, oh, whoops. I kind of just jumped the gun there. But this, our guest uh, was doing some shows uh, there that night, uh, came out, uh, said a hello, just met, met up with him. And then a few weeks later, uh, we happened to be on the same show um, at Mandy's Bistro as well. Uh, nice. So that was the first time I got to uh, fully see his comedy uh, that night. And uh, yeah, 
really funny guy. He's been in the game for about six years and he's already accomplished a ton. Uh, he's appeared on um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, in 2018. And most recently, uh, he has a special coming out. He's part of a lineup for Out for Laughs, which is on Out TV, which nice. you can find uh, on Amazon Prime. So without further ado, I'm very happy to introduce uh, Cliff Knight. Woo! Hello, hello, hello. What's happening? Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on, Cliff. And um, yeah, a lot of stuff happening, especially uh, within just six years of starting comedy. So really interested to hear your experience, like how that journey's been going. And, you know, right off the top of our podcast, we always ask, Cliff, have you made it yet? Uh, by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, <laughs> not at all. I guess uh, y'all need to really define what making it is but maybe that's part of the premise of the podcast is everybody has mm. a different definition of what that is you know some people are always like oh you've got these things going for you this is the this looks great that's the thing that's all oh, i could never and it's sort of like um it's sort of like realizing when you look back at like a a flight of steps and it's like oh that looks impossible from the bottom but you get to the top and it's just like no it looks inevitable sort of so but yeah, I, I, making it, that's not something that's possible in Canada. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like, yeah, you've, you've kind of hit the, the nail on the head there where we, we leave it open-ended because everybody does have their own perspective of what it is. Everybody has their own goals, um, even like expectations going into it, wanting to start it out because your expectations are never really going to meet what the actual experience is going to be like. So I guess right now, six years in after, you know, do going through the experiences you have, what would you say is your, what you would define as making it at this point? Um, the one big thing making it, that's weird. Um, yeah. is more like, um, a lot of people would say is when, you know, your entertainment job is self-sustaining, like you're looking mm -hmm. at your bills mm -hmm. or whatnot. Um, which I, I did for a little while. I, I hustled really hard and I did comedy full time, um, including acting, because if you're a comedian, you're not going to eat if you don't do a commercial every now and then. Yeah. Uh, mostly because they give you food during the commercial shoot and you have to Rashed take that it. home and ration it off for the next three weeks. Um, but <laughs> um, between that, um, getting a, a, a singular special, doing like a real tour, getting signed to Imagine Agency, all that, like, is, is things that you, you, you sort of, like, Rubik's Cube together to really say, okay, I, I feel like I have, I've established my own space in this arena. Um, yeah, I don't really feel like I have that in a concrete way yet. So I don't know what it would be defined uh, as specifically, like, for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, being able to leave Canada and work a little bit better internationally. Although I love it here. I love Toronto. I love Montreal. I haven't gone to Vancouver yet. It is on my list. Mm. Halifax, also on my list. Winnipeg, also on my list. Uh, you know, all these sorts. Even, even Edmonton and Calgary are on my list. <laughs> I mean, you got to hit those. You got to hit those. Have Actually, you... Um... Edmonton yep. is my courage. Oh, nice. 
Nice. Um, speaking of like Halifax, you know, Vancouver, Winnipeg as well. I mean, those are like big comedy festival areas. Like how have you um, gone through that comedy festival uh, kind of audition process or like that process to get on them? Um, a little bit. I have showcased for Halifax. I showcased for Just for Laughs uh, a little bit. Um, didn't get it, obviously. Um, but part of the thing is, like, this was my first year showcasing for Just for Laughs. And my Halifax showcase was back in 2019. And that got clouded over by some other stuff. I didn't really expect to get it anyway. So it's just sort of like, it's repeat business. They see your yeah. name coming back year after year. Uh, this year is probably going to be the first time that I apply for Winnipeg mm. um, because I never really had anything because they, they have categories that you're supposed to write into. Right. And I never really paid attention to it. So this sort of year is sort of like um, I have a writing partner that we're going to go over all of our material and see what wow. fits, what can we change. Uh, you know, uh, Leonard Chan is one of those guys like I watch him like he does it almost every year. I watch him for the way, like you, you'll see certain people throughout the year and I'll see a particular joke. And I was like, that's in his style, but I know he's writing that for TV, mm. you know? And right. so I'm like just taking notes from that, taking notes from seeing like a joke that he sort of just like came up with at throat. And then the way that he's, he's like Legoed it into place. He'd be like, no, this is a gala joke now. Gala? Yeah. Uh, Gala, Gala, yeah. No, Leonard Chan is uh like when he came on to the uh, podcast as well. He gave some great insight. He's a great writer. I mean, like he's yeah. pretty much, you know, got that down to a to definitely like a professional T, especially for writing for this hour as twenty two minutes and and doing segments there. Um, yeah, no, I mean that's definitely one of the uh, kind of I guess making it touching points in Canada for Canadian comedians is just being able to showcase onto a uh, festival um, speaking of which uh, I was like very happy to see that like you managed to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, in 2018 and that in and of itself I know that's like a goal as well to submit shows to that festival and try to um, do shows there can you run through that process of you know having submitted and then once it's done going over there and, and uh doing the shows so the edinburgh what i did is i did off the fringe basically like you can it's not like here in toronto where you have to deal with like the french society and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff to get your show and you deal with the lottery they still do sort of have that process but what they've done in edinburgh a lot of the other fringes is the bring your own venue game is so huge mm. it's so huge i worked with this company called laughing horse and what they do is you basically pay them they rent the venue for you they get the tech together they do some marketing for you uh they'll even uh, email out to uh, local media contacts to try and get people to come review your show they'll yeah. do all of them you yeah. know what i mean it, it actually cost me so much money to do the fringe but i had such a great time I didn't even do the whole thing. I only, my show ran for one week. I ran seven days. Yeah. I did 40 minutes, um, which was 40 minutes. fine, to be honest. But I, I didn't know the landscape. Uh, I didn't do enough time promoing. And to be honest, the venue that I got was so out of the way. So it was just sort of like a combination of just like learning, 
mm-hmm. um, meeting a lot of people, understanding the landscape. I do this thing whenever I go to a new city too, is I want to look around. I want to learn the transit system. And during a festival like Edinburgh, like I should have gotten there a week early, to be honest, if I right. to do that. Um, and I was there for 15 days and about nine days in, I got sick. I got oh, oh. like a crazy flu because the weather is so back and forth yeah. in Scotland. And also just like running hard. I was doing something like seven shows every day. Like I was getting, wow. I was going to watch shows in the morning, having haggis and coffee for breakfast, you know. Mm. And, and then I had my show was at lunchtime. So I'm doing 40 hours with the sun in the sky, 40 minutes with the sun in the sky, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Right. Um, and then there'd be a cafe right behind my venue and they would have a show that wasn't really a mic, but it was like, if you talk to the guy, he'll put you on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, by, by the midweek, yeah, I'm doing five, six, seven shows every day. We're going out, we're drinking hard uh, every night. If you have a, if you have a performer pass, yeah. at least the year I went, uh, you have a performer pass. Your drinks are half off at any bar in the city. Oh, that's dangerous. It's oh, 100% <laughs> a trap. Yeah. And uh, and I don't drink so much. Like, I, I, I smoke weed a little bit more. And the weed over there is garbage, to be honest. Oh. Like, yeah. why everyone's doing heroin. But, um, <laughs> and... I don't know. Yeah, I had such a great time. So I got really sick. I had to stay in my flat for like a whole day, just like puking my guts out. I had to go find the grocery store and just eat vegetables, just vegetables for like a whole day. But it was fine. Um, yeah, and then after that, fixed up a few things, met a few people, flew back out. Very good learning experience. Definitely want to go back. Definitely want to, because I went, I did that by myself. Right. I put together a, a one-man show, sort of. But I want to take more of a team next time because now I have a little bit of an insight. That whole experience cost me about five grand. And I made oh. back maybe fifteen on Like Oh well I, I feel I yeah. Poured money on it. <laughs> Either way, I feel like what you went through was such an intensive of of comedy, just like being immersed in in the fringe uh, experience, yeah. meeting new people and then putting yourself through so like, you know. Manage going through that experience of doing it yourself for 5k and then making like 15 back. I mean, that's like, I think that's money definitely well spent. Cause it's like, how, how, how many times do you have that opportunity really even to be able to like push or pull it all together? 100%. It was the year that uh, I had been working two jobs. I had been spicing up certain comedy things. I was still doing corporates. Um, I had my side hustle, like I do some consulting on the side, and it was just like, this is the year I have. I, I went to Just for Laughs. I, I just bought uh, a pass. Yeah. I bought a pitch pass. I went to Just for Laughs for the week and a half, and then I went straight to Scotland. Like I came back to Toronto just to change clothes yeah. and then went right there. Damn. Um, so that, that ended up being a whole lot to do all at once, but it was just like, yeah, I have the cash, I have the time right now. Because I had just left one job. I was going to another job Like as, as soon as they got back. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the thing about the Fringe in Edinburgh, I suppose it's the same sort of thing here, is it's not just comedy. It's, um, right. you know, there's a whole bunch of what's happening. It's just like I went to, there's a circus, you know, there was the silent raves, there's the, the eating competitions, there's a lot of improv puppet shows. Right. People are doing burlesque. People are doing fucking 
BMX tricks, like it's <laughs> you know, there's a dude, uh, he's big on Facebook now. I forgot his name, Max something, who's doing like improv rap, like freestyle improv rap. Oh. And he was really good. It was really good. I met Reginald D. Hunter. I met oh, yeah. Trevor Noah. I met Ari Shafir. Wow, nice. Um, you know, I ran to who else was there? Fucking Phil Jupiter's. It was so random. I was eating lunch in a cafe, and Phil Jupiter comes in and starts reading poetry in the middle of the afternoon. Like, and he's a he's a a really well known British comedian. I really do like. Jupiter's like, if you watch okay. QI, everybody QI and eight out of ten cast mock the week. Right, That's my right. Kid. I love those so much. Um, and it was just sort of like really surreal. He had this huge beard, which he doesn't normally have. I was like, well, you know. <laughs> Just fanning out over my fucking roast beef sandwich. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was such a great experience. Definitely want to go back if I have the time. But I'm focusing on doing different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm going to England. And the Camden Fridge is going to be happening the same week that I'm in London. So I'm probably going to check that out. Too. Oh, nice. So when, when you go to England, um, is that also for like a set of shows or like kind of a, a tour? Um, not really like a visiting family. Uh-huh. And it just so happens that uh, if I'm there, uh, let me spend the extra money and like see what's happening. There's a lot of Canadians, a lot mm-hmm. of Canadians in the UK. So yeah. I had a few people to reach out to to check some stuff out. I actually like the the idea of the European comedy landscape a little bit more than the oh. American one. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have a much they have a much more standard, like especially for the UK and all their shows. Like that's m- much more part part of the culture. Like people will sit down every specific people day during down, the week. People will pay money. People will yeah. come do stuff. People will appreciate the art in a way. So it's like you probably won't get famous, but you'll be able to work. Mm. Um, you'll be able to travel, experience a lot more culture for the amount of space. Because like you go to the states, first off, they're hassling you at the border. <laughs> uh, everybody has guns. There's, yeah. you don't know whether you have to wear a condom every day it's a lot like you gotta be careful right so go yeah. to the uk is sort of like oh there's healthcare here for everybody that's cool yeah you know like i was thinking about going i have to get an implant i have to get a dental implant i was like should i just do it while i'm there just wow. fucking medical tourism maybe <laughs> i mean it, it, it is kind of part of uh yeah that the experience i mean definitely the landscape i'm just imagining as well like in the u.s it's still very much you know kind of uh dog eat dog until you get to a certain point and try to get recognized um Mm -hmm. in europe like their system there i feel like is is from what i hear it's just a lot more structured uh either way and it's like you can do a better job of uh, working within that structure um yeah i was talking to a friend about this about how much north america values the it factor mm, and sure you know what i mean it's it's something great but they're disregarding a lot of talent by doing that because they're so focused on the commercial side of things on the retail Mm -hmm. side of things because if you don't if you if you can't sell then you're not selling you know what i mean and so people sort of drop you whereas there's much more of a mesh in place for people to just appreciate things are good mm. from what i understand from what i felt when i was there was mm-hmm. just sort of like you know if you've got some talent even if you're not this crazy you don't have a crazy social media or anything like that like people will still give you the time they uh, appreciate that. 
do you find Canada has that good kind of community in terms of bringing up talent that maybe not too marketable? Not at all. Uh, not well, at all. Canada yeah. is worse, uh, if uh, anything, because we want to copy America so bad, but we don't even have any money to yeah. do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the, the resources are in place, but they're so hard to get to. The resources yeah. are in place. Because in yeah. the States, in the mm-hmm. States, you have crazy guys with bags of money running around. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We don't really have that. Here. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the government. Yeah. You have to go to this company. Or you have to have friends who have money. Whereas in the States, it can, it can sign up, start, sort of be like, no, I just know this dude and he believes in me. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like the U.S. is like a monarchy in terms of like opportunities. It's like the big comedians who have like made the bag or got the bag they're just doling out their money to try maybe bring up certain people here and there. It's like comedians don't get paid for like standardized pays for certain shows. It's almost like the comedian, the headliner is the one that pays yeah. for to their openers. And that can be skewed like however you want. Right. Yeah. Anything can happen there. Yeah. And so it's all silent. Fair, unfair, whatever you have. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So it's, it, I mean, it is feel, feels like it's uh, what have you done for me now? What have you done for me lately type of thing? Like how's your social media? Whereas uh, I guess through your experience in Europe, is it feels like, what are you doing now? You know? And it's like more asking the the artists, you know, what they're working on and like, what are you can, working on? How yeah. is it new? How do you like, it? Yeah, you know, those are some, questions and some feelings that we don't really do here at all right are you doing well and am i seeing you Mm. you know whereas you know in every discipline there are going to be some artists where like they're going to come they're going to pop do their thing and then they're gone for a while Mm -hmm. yeah and we don't we don't give those people the same sort of respect unfortunately and so it just feeds in the grind culture Mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, of course, it's not healthy for anybody, but there's some people who are very good at it, <laughs> you know, That's they're very good at it, whether or not it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's kind of disappointing to hear at the same time, just because the craft in itself is, takes a huge leap of faith to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find like also at the same time that you have to expand your skill set? Like, have you gone into TV writing or anything like that? Um, I've tried. I've, I've written a few things. We started pitching a show uh, to CBC and we started, we started filming it. And unfortunately, it, it didn't go the place that we wanted it to. Um, I do a lot of music. Uh, nice. I, used to, I used to do a lot of music, a um, little bit of acting, mm-hmm. uh, some improv, that sort of thing. Um, right now, the focus for me, like even when I started, I was a producer when I started. Nice. Mm. I didn't really, like I did stand up, but I had like five shows running simultaneously. Like I was doing, I was doing what dance is doing now, and I was not doing it in very organized fashion. So I burnt out. Uh, yeah, um, but it was a good time. And now I'm sort of like focusing a little bit more on creating a community around, um, like comedy. I'm like, uh, yeah, Josh, you, you're coming in this sort of like golden age. I can't even speak to whether it's a golden age, but what I feel it's so amazing to have. We have those strips of clubs along mm-hmm. Lower Street right. that yeah. did not really exist when I started. And some oh. of them were just like bar shows, just open mics. But no, we have club, 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 like all these venues, tall boys, the back room, comedy bar, lab, mm-hmm. even Winona, even the comedy, uh, Royal Comedy Theater. 
it's yeah. all there. Everybody's doing so much. It's sort of like a little Greenwich Village that we have there. And mm. people can sort of like hit it up. You can figure out. You, you, it's, it's beautiful. Even Mandy's being where it is now, right. as opposed to being back at 120, is actually such a boom. So yeah, yeah. Even that Mandy's area has the uh, social capital theater there. Oh, that yeah, right they've, there. they've been doing a shows. Bit further, and... you hit Comedy Bar Danforth. All that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely nice to see. I think pre-pandemic. Well, I mean, the the landscape after pre and post pandemic has changed dramatically uh, yeah. compared to where things things were. Like, how how do you find? Like you mentioned that is like there's so many more clubs opening up in Toronto right now. Um, it's, especially as a, a queer comic, like how do, how do you find that that scene is going within this growth of comedy within Toronto? Oh, the queer scene has always been very tight knit, but also sort of fragmented in my mm-hmm. opinion. But a lot of people now are, the, the queer scene isn't isolating itself as much as it used right. to, not that it isolated itself and people were isolated yeah. <laughs> is probably the way to put it, but it's, it's enmeshed. Uh, very well from what I can see from the people I know usually a little bit uh, more experienced uh, queer people tend to like hang on a lot of the uh, newer queer comics they're sort of like just making the ropes they're they're figuring themselves out so that's fine Mm -hmm. Um, there used to be a much more coordinated queer scene uh, a couple years ago and then we had a little bit of a turnover at certain things and like you know when tent poles of a, a certain community sort of leave People don't really know what to do next. Not everybody mm-hmm. wants to take on the responsibility of of pulling that together for themselves again. So I feel like everybody who's doing is doing well. And the people who aren't doing, they're doing well because they're not doing. Oh, <laughs> oh. There are some people who love art and love to do art, but it's not in their best interest to continue. Sometimes mm. because, uh. especially as they come back to is they feel they don't feel the same sort of satisfaction because they're not buying into grind, grind culture. And so that mm-hmm. is very discouraging too, is if you feel like you're doing well, you feel like you have the time, but you're not getting the recognition, you're not getting, you're not putting together the community that you may want because you are not out every night and you have work or you have responsibilities. And mm-hmm. then it can be, it can be very discouraging. Yeah. Just for clarity, for my sake there, um, when you were talking about grind culture, is that like the seven days, 40 hour weeks type of thing that you're doing in Edinburgh? Like what um, is that grind culture? No, no grind culture here in Toronto. I mean, we have a very, very poppin' scene um, <laughs> compared to like anywhere else. I do think Toronto is one of the best places in the world to start doing comedy Yeah, where you can pull off 15 shows a week if you wow. want. To. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, when I started, I did one open mic a week. I thought that was the open, only open mic in the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did that for like three weeks and then someone was like, someone saw me and she's like, you're funny. Are you going to the next show? And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the next yeah. show? Yeah. It's like, there's another one happening down the street right now. I'm like, show me. And then I, I think within like three months, I... Uh, there used to be this competition to see how many sets you can do in a month. And this oh. legendary friend of mine, Fang Zhou Ha, who you might, he's in Vancouver all the time. I think he lives yeah. there now, but he's signed to a club in Alberta, I believe. He had pulled off something like 61 sets in, in 30 days. Wow. And just being so crazy consistent. And like, he's a monster now. He's so funny. He's, oh, he's a killer. And 
that was the sort of thing that people were doing and it's still possible to do now and it would make you really good really fast everybody will see your face you know what i mean you'll get to know everything but also your life will be not it's completely eaten you won't mm. have anything you know what i mean and it's fun it's fun right but um it definitely can eat away at you especially if you feel like you're not progressing artistically if you're just putting in the numbers to put in the number you know um, right. are you growing you know yeah and that's where i've found like yeah. a bit of a rut in the last you know few weeks where I, I almost find that the shows that I am excited for doing or like I managed to, to book for like, you know, whether it's a bar show or, or um, Mandy's, it's like I want to try something new in those shows. And yet, I, like if I'm not prepped or prepared for it, like I, if I don't have something new or have found the time after working a regular nine to five, you know, day job to really like focus on creating something new that might I feel like whether the set goes well or if it goes bad, like I could get some feedback off of it as opposed to just doing the same set that I know works, you know, mm-hmm. consistently. Like where have you found that balance for finding the motivation to like grind through the, you know, those rough patches while grinding? Yeah. Um, it definitely helps to do something different. Mm-hmm. Like I will see and this is sort of thing that every comic will do at some levels if you see a new show or you see something you haven't done before uh try and do like get a new experience out of your comic like even jokes that the jokes where i i'm so tired of telling downtown here you know or like people yeah. come to my shows they're like oh i know this one and even though they love it i don't particularly love being the person that's throwing out the same thing all the time I'd be like, oh, okay, this new producer has a thing all the way up to the new market. Cool. That's an audience that for sure hasn't seen me. I get to try some new stuff. I get to put out some old stuff, have a little bit of fun. Usually you go out of the city that gives you a little bit more time. You know what I mean? Like you'll get a little bit of a longer set. Um, you'll likely get a little bit of money, some free food. Like yeah. you can expand the experience. Somebody, a producer out there gets to see you and see what's coming from the city um and then you just go further and further out so it's just like change the experience is usually my thing is if you feel like you're not progressing because you're you know you're hammering the same nail go find a screwdriver maybe yeah yeah josh man you just gotta go to vaughn don't worry about it man (laughs) i mean he's he's been in terms of producing shows like he's also got a, a a new like show series if not he's like he's planning one coming up the at the paradise theater which is a gorgeous theater like that one looks amazing like i'm excited to see comedy shows like perform there um but yeah like some you're right like sometimes it it ends up being like those kind of tentpole personalities who are really putting in a lot of effort to create shows that are like available for people to submit to uh, and get those opportunities. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to be on like his fresh rice comedy uh, showcase like a few years ago, right before the pandemic, if I just didn't happen to meet him and he wasn't putting that opportunity out for like newer Asian comedians. So yeah, uh, yeah. D- definitely shout out to Vong for like the Asian community, also the queer community as well. He's He's been uh, hidden both. Um, the young, cute, gay, super cute, <laughs> chocolate-covered Asians. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much nailed that down because he's he's got that branding to a T for sure. Yes, of course. Uh, for sure. 
Um, speaking of which, like, um, yeah, it, it comes down to different opportunities. I find sometimes it's a lot of luck and sometimes it's like grinding it out and making those opportunities for you with your appearance on the lineup for out for laughs, which is uh, kind of like comedy standup series on out TV, which is on a channel that you could subscribe to on Amazon prime. I swear I tried finding it and going through actually how to find it. I, uh, I went and found it, and it's like I don't even want to sign up for the extra channel. So I'm sorry to, I'm not <laughs> shit talking. I'm just sort of like, I don't. And this is sort of uh, once again what happens in Canadian entertainment. Like super thankful to have been a part of it. Um, <clears throat> just the way that it gets presented sometimes, it's like this is gonna be very niche, mm. and people who are looking for it in that niche way are gonna find it. Yeah. But if you want to widespread it, like somebody actually recognized me from that. Oh, nice. They're like, oh my god! I actually watched all of those, <laughs> and it wasn't someone I knew. It wasn't someone I told to watch it, and I was sort of like, wow! I didn't know people were actually watching that channel, but of course they are, you yeah. know. And they were like, oh wow, it was really good. And like, I haven't watched it yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it's on Amazon Prime. You uh, you definitely have to search out for laughs on it, and then uh, I just signed up for the thirty day trial. Um, I mean, they offer that if you're in Prime, so you could definitely check it out there. But I feel like that also does, you know, it at least pinpoints very specifically what the audience is, and you can kind of gain gain some kind of um, feedback or gain uh, some feedback i see what you did there no no i mean i was like game feedback on like your <laughs> audience or like your viewership kind of yeah. like having a better idea of like how your specific audience you know comes to you or identifying that a, a bit more and i think this one feels like it's a very uh, good synergy on it how did that opportunity come about to to get on this uh, series um so there's a few producers who they've been doing out for last for a while um and so there was uh they were going to shoot one in 2020 and then everything got you know disqualified yeah. or whatever and a few people dropped out to be honest i'm a, i'm a second i'm a runner-up which i don't ever hey. mind <laughs> I don't hey mind and they, they reached out. They were like, are you interested in doing something like this? And I was like, cool, some of the details. Um, and I actually got recommended by a friend of mine, Robert Watson, who runs uh, right. AAF. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very fantastic set of shows. I believe he has a show about to start right now. Courtyard Comedy happens over at, uh, at like Osgood Station. Very, very fun little show. Yeah, uh, Robert always has like a great audience. I, I was really appreciative that he was the one who had recommended me for that. And yeah, he always has great links. Uh, I'm going to plug him, actually. You guys should check out A Gay Victorian Affair, his web series on YouTube for free. Mm. It's so funny. It's so stupid. Love it. <laughs> it's A but, Gay Victorian Affair? That's the title? A Gay Victorian Affair. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. Like, you know, like back in the you know Victorian times where if you have like a queer child like you got a gay son and you're gonna be you're gonna marry a lesbian daughter they're gonna be gay oh, but they have yeah. to get married like you know sort of and it's following that sort of story where it's like everybody's gay but we can't talk about it. you know it's so interesting it's, it's it's gay murdoch mysteries is sort of what's happening oh, yeah, and he was the one who had recommended me for that. We did that. And it was such a great experience. So many other cool uh, queer comics who I had worked with previously. 
uh, even a few newer people. And so it, 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 I feel like it went off really well. Sick. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely got to check that out. I, I also really like that premise because uh, it just feels like the opportunities for like miscommunication or like, you know, subtle nods, you know, yeah. uh, inside jokes along that. Oh, there, there's plenty of opportunities inside there. To see what you did there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that feels like a premise that could e- easily be translated as well to like a, yeah. a TV pilot and everything there. I mean, it's it's the it's a show. He he works in show business. He's, he's a theater person. But um, a lot of people are working on new shows. Uh, uh, um, yeah. You know, since since the uh, the disbanding of Kim's Convenience, everybody's looking for that next sort of like pop show, specifically right. for Toronto. Right. And then the spinoffs from <laughs> it, they're okay, but they don't have the same like once again that it factor is really what matters. <laughs> you know, uh, for in North America, I won't say in Canada, it's, it's really even things that have that is fact when they sort of get relegated to gem and then you have to like remember to go hmm. watch them. Like Tall Boys, so, so, so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's sort of like these guys, I know those guys since I started, like they've, they've been oh, legends nice. forever. Um, you know, and it's sort of like I want that to be so much more mainstream than it is, but also recognizing that the brand of humor that gets pushed here in Toronto is not necessarily what everybody's trying to see mm-hmm. everywhere. So I understand. But yeah. this is the thing. It comes back to they're not sure that they can sell it. Mm-hmm. We can That's just, true. Yeah, we can just put it out there and see who takes it, but we're not going to do that. It's a sure thing. You know? it, it's so risk averse because then you're just not willing to trust the artist to put out yeah. something that they know is funny, but like producers or marketer mm-hmm. industry, like you're not able to to fully trust it but um exactly exactly it's why we buy something like 60 hours of big bang theory why (laughs) why are we doing that yeah oh man yeah uh okay well i mean thank you so much i think we're we're Mm -hmm. pretty much getting close to um the time for the podcast i appreciate uh you coming on uh and sharing your experience on uh, mm-hmm. out for out tv edinburgh for, i really feel like it's been a quite a like a comedy intensive getting your experience on grinding and, and everything uh, there i grinded so hard and i'm technically still doing it even though i'm supposed to be slowing down yeah uh, um, where but even now i've paced myself to the point where now i have bookings every week like i have usually something happening on the weekend um like okay, mm-hmm. i don't have to grind it i'll go to a mic you know i'll go to the lab i'll go to tall boy I go to fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the nothing fancy grand opening for their new location yesterday. It looks so nice. Nice. They have food now. That's <laughs> a pretty big uh, plus. Uh, Going to be making that a spice closer to my house too. Right. So, um, yeah, comedy is making this huge comeback in Toronto, and I feel like you don't have to grind, grind, grind anymore. <laughs> you can still sort of just like move around, spread your experiences out. But if you are like the way that I was back mm. in 2017 and you feel like you really have anything else to do and this is what you want to press mm-hmm. every day, it's there for you. It's there for you. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I mean, it's great to great to hear, um, especially see uh, for somebody who's taken advantage through a lot of the different opportunities there. Yeah. Um, at the end of our podcast, we do like to ask a kind of a plat- palate cleanser question, you know, would you rather uh scenarios so 
Uh, Lucas will have one. I'll have one as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, Lucas, if you want to go uh, start off. Yeah. This is more about the fame game, if anything. So Cliff, would you rather be famous online or in real life? Oh, shit. (laughs) Would you rather be famous online or in real life? Um, actually, oh, this weird 2022 question. I feel like they bleed into each other, but I I feel like I'd rather be famous like IRL. I mean, online presence is sort of everything, right? Um, I don't know. I, the, fa- the fame question is is weird because now fame doesn't really come with much. Uh, you know, you don't get much other than scrutiny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even getting paid to be famous anymore. People are just doing it for free. So I feel like, you know, it's part of the reason why I put more work into my stage. And, you know, like I I did a lot of online stuff. I still do a fair amount. But yeah, I like, see your sketches, man. They're funny. On, yeah, I'm going to focus on being in person, mm-hmm. on meeting people, making those connections. I want to build the community. Building an online community is one of the fastest uh, ways to yeah. do it. And you can do it over a much bigger area for sure. But I want to feel like I've been here in Canada only 10 years. And so getting a community of people together, like in real life, is uh, is feeling precious to me right now. So mm. maybe I'll do a little bit more online. Like, yeah, go back to some of my TikTok days or whatnot. But um, for now, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing elbow bumps and handshakes. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. 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 Great. Right. Um, okay. My would you rather question it's, I guess it's similar to fame, but more so like say a comedic career. Would you rather have a successful long lasting career in comedy where you get to do all of the different creative things that you want to do? Uh, you do that, but you can never have home cooked Guyanese food again. Or 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 hey is gonna or would you rather have home-cooked meals guy needs just the best stuff every day but you gotta work regular nine to five day job no comedy oh oh oh, no comedy at all yeah it's like what are you gonna would you sacrifice the food for the comedy i would have to oof there it is uh the food is something I can make. I'm I'm cooking. What are people gonna come into my house and stop me from cooking my own Guyanese food? What's gonna happen? I'm a Christmas <laughs> time making my pepper pot and somebody comes slaps the food out of my head. The fuck yeah. out of here, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I still uh, I really actually value like I don't do comedy full time anymore. I do have a, like a nine to five job. I work from home, albeit, but still a full shift job. Like even mm-hmm. weekends, sometimes I'll have to work, and I actually really appreciate that because now. Now I feel a lot more creative. When I was doing comedy as my job, job, an actual hustle, uh, the 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 competition, the like, gotta do it is cool, but it made me not funny. It mm. made me not have fun at times. It made me take on things I didn't want to do because right. there was there was a paycheck because I had rent to make. Um, it put me in situations where I felt like I didn't have control because I needed this. You know what I mean? And I want to need this for creative reasons, not for capitalistic reasons. Right. And I, that's that's the balance where it comes to, especially in the beginning. Um, 
sometimes I feel like we'll, we will get into that mindset of, oh, we're going to do things we don't necessarily want to do and get the money for it because we have to. And that's almost accepted as part of the process because, you know, oh, you got to grind, you got to be in it, you got to make it your, your entire life. Whereas, you know, filing, finding a balanced approach, maybe sure, timeline wise, it might not get there quicker, but in terms of sustainability and consistent, uh, consistency and enjoyment, it might be a better approach. So it, that's, I'm hearing that's kind of going to be your strategy for making it moving forward. I think so in the long run, like even if it does come to a point where I'm able to be self-sustaining uh, comedy wise, I do want it to be in a way where I have not necessarily control, but I have some more input. I have a little bit more space, mm. you know, on doing what it is that I want to do and the opportunities that I want to take on are going to be worth it monetarily, creatively, you know, spiritually even, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I feel like, these days it is becoming a little bit of a bigger part of my drive is sure it's nice to be on stage and you say this thing that you've written and practiced and edited and loved with and and there's been success and there's been failure and that and then to know that like oh wow this sort of thing is gonna work like i did another show at mandy's last night uh i did ross hammond's show uh ross and charlotte davy and even being in that space, hanging out with people who mm -hmm. are here to have a good time, I want to be able to focus on let's have a good time. I don't want to have to focus on is this show only $60, like uh, I have to uh, run to the next one, you know, or something like that, which right. it has its own thrill uh, for sure. Yeah. Like when I was in New York, like bouncing around to be able to make enough money so I can have a uh, chopped cheese at the end of the night. That's cool. Um, but I, I, I still want to be able to be like, hey, actually, I want to rest this week or I want to hang out with my friends. Or I want to go see family. Yeah. So for me, I may never get to that point where I make it to do comedy full time. But as right. long as I get to accomplish my goals mm -hmm. and feel that sense of, you know, um, accomplishment or like self-actualization in whatever role however big or small I want it to be, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be okay with that. Amazing. That's great. That. Yeah. That's a great perspective, man. Um, and seeing you kill it every, you know, every night on the, on the mics and the shows that I've seen you is like very, very inspiring. I think it does give a good model uh, for people who want to get in the game and find that balance. So really appreciate again, you coming on. Uh, what are your social media handles and like anything big coming up uh, you want to mention? Um, I've got my show on Thursday the 21st, Heatwave Comedy down at the Comedy Lab. Um, that's the third Thursday of every month. Uh, mm -hmm. You can find me everywhere. Clippy's so funny with underscores. Yes. Uh, you'll figure it out. Which uh, My SEO sort of works, so we'll see. <laughs> nice. We'll, and check it out. Hit the link in my bio. There's all the shows there. There's my PayPal. You can buy some of my t-shirts. There's, there's stuff. Nice. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, just honestly, just Hit me up, say hi. My stories uh, sometimes are popping. We go partying uh, a lot yeah. of times because I'm like, yeah, after the show, we want to go dance a little bit. It's summer right now, so it's 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 kind of hot. It's kind of hot, uh, and that's why I've just been like the the real thing that I've like opened up with this year. It's like let's just, whew, it's <laughs> yeah, just rock the fan, rock the fan. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's hot right now. Like uh, my balcony is open, so I'm probably gonna go 
to the beach after this. That's why. Uh, nice, nice. Because yeah, the sun. We in Canada, baby. We only get it for. We're only getting it for like two months, and then we're uh-huh. back. In the, yeah, the, every, the, the everybody's sad. everybody's got a vitamin D deficiency. We gotta gotta soak that yeah. up before yeah, before definitely. it's uh, gone. Um, great, Lucas. Uh, we'll just go in through our uh, socials. What are what are your socials as well? Everyone can find me across social media at Lucas John Ing. Simple, my full name. Josh, where can people find you? Uh, same. You could find me. Simple full name, uh, Josh Young Comedy, uh, across everything. You could also listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast, uh, where I read, yes, where I read uh, genuinely dry material. So like uh, the dictionary laws, uh, (laughs) I I counted sheep for about an hour. So uh, it's all up there. Sleep with Josh podcast. Uh, I do need to put new episodes on there, but there's a good catalog of 60 so you could scroll through. So uh, check that out. And of course, if you like what you see in here on the Have We Made It Yet podcast, you can find us at HWMIY podcast, uh, social media. And of course, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, for other additional podcasts in the future. So one more time, thank you so much, uh, Cliff Knight, for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. This is a fun concept, and I hope that you have fun with it in the future. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We're, we're still going at it. It's been a couple yeah, of years, so I mean that we found a good rhythm, I think. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody for listening, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Peace. Bye. Bye.